fuck's going on today? How's everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Cox Talks Podcast. Episode 19. 19. Joe Sackick. Stevie Iserman. One more to the big 2-0. You've heard me say it here before. I never thought I'd really make it this far. But uh, here we are. Still going strong. Lots of content. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of feedback from all my listeners out there. I love it. I always thank you for listening, so I will thank you one more time. Don't forget, any feedback's good feedback. You want to you wanna get a hold of me and fucking chirp me and carve my show, whatever. I got thick skin. I got thick skin. I can handle it. Go ahead. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, dilemmas, don't forget you can find me at the Cox Talks Podcast on Instagram. Or some of you out there, some of you loyal listeners, you guys have my personal number. You can get a hold of me there. You can track me down on Facebook, uh, Twitter, at Trevor Dofsky. My Twitter handle is at Trevor Dofsky. Yeah, get that get that uh, done and out of the way. Real, real smorgasbord today. It'll be all over the fucking map again. Uh, riding solo. Got a lot on my mind. Nothing, nothing real serious. Like, fuck. What what is there to talk about these days? There's nothing going on in the world. Nothing at all. So I it's like I was really struggling to find topics. To be honest with you. Sunday morning. So I'm gonna have a coffee and bang out a quick podcast. Sounds like a plan to me. So coming up. On the show here, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little Facebook, or as I like to call it, face cock. We're gonna talk face cock. You ever had a cock in your face? Sure, you have. I'm gonna talk face cock. Uh, we're gonna talk about robes. We've got a hero cookie. We've got a beer review sent in to us by a listener. That's gonna be good. And we're gonna talk. <laughs> I I got a little fucking bone to pick with the Toronto Maple Leafs. More so Toronto Maple Leaf fans. So we're going to get to that as well. And we're going to talk about a TV show. I got a TV show I want to discuss with you guys that uh, I've kind of binge watched and I've been enjoying it so far. So yeah, so you know what? Let's uh, let's jump right into it. Yeah, so I said it's Sunday morning. I'm going to have a coffee. So you're probably going to hear some uh, some drinking noises or whatever couple long pauses that means I'm having a sip of my coffee got the uh, Folgers caramel drizzle <laughs> Folgers caramel drizzle coffee through my Keurig machine and I got about uh, one ounce and a half two ounces of Panama Jack's salted caramel big Panama Jack's guy really enjoy it I find it's got more taste than Bailey's I know Bailey's is kind of like the uh like the, the Rolls Royce of creamer to put in your coffee. Or that's what everybody seems to think. I guess maybe not the Rolls Royce, but Bailey's is definitely the OG of booze in your coffee creamer type shit. Um, I stumbled on Panama Jacks. It's wine-based. Um, I love it. Big salted caramel guy. I find it better than Bailey's, and it is cheaper as well. And me being a cheap farmer... That's what works for me. Bailey's is good. Um, I've I've tried the Gretzky's Creamer. I thought it was overhyped. The other one I'm really big on is Rum Chata. Don't mind a little Rum Chata in my coffee. Don't mind my coffee tasting like a fucking cinnamon roll either. It's like, it's like, you know, if if McDonald's coffee because I want to talk about good coffee. It's like McDonald's coffee and Cinnabon 
fucked and had a baby, your your fucking coffee would taste like a baby. A baby from Cinnabon and McDonald's. So as I'm sitting here sipping on my coffee, I'm also sitting here wearing a robe. And for those curious, that's all I'm wearing is a robe. Because really, you don't need to wear anything else when you're wearing a robe. So here's where I came across the robe, okay? And some people call it a house coat. I call it a robe. I feel like a house coat. I don't know. It has a feminine sound to it. I don't know what it is. And I think that's because my mom always used to call hers a house coat. But I'm wearing a robe. And I'll tell you how this came about. My better 7-8s, she bought a hot tub. And the hot tub is is outside. Uh, it's not exactly where we want it yet, but fuck. We bought it, or she bought it in like October, November, and took delivery on it in January, I think it was. So we really didn't have the time to prepare the proper space for it down on the lawn. Um, so it sits out on our veranda. And anyways, long story short, uh, you get out of the hot tub, you're soaking wet, you're freezing cold, you just want something to throw on quick and get warmed back up you know, after you make your way uh, back in the house or whatever. So she went out and she bought me this robe. And fuck me, man. It's the greatest thing going. Like, so what I do around here is because I'm a dairy farmer. So I come in the house. I smell like cow shit. I smell like cow feed. I smell like axle grease, gear oil. I smell like fucking hate and bad decisions. No, sorry. Those days are behind me. I don't do that anymore. But you know what? I just smell like a fucking lunatic, whatever a lunatic smells like. So what I tend to do is I peel my shit off in the basement down to like my my long johns. Gotta love a good pair of long johns. Peel my shit off down in the basement, the real the real smelly stuff, and leave it in the basement. And then I rip it upstairs, jump in the shower real quick, wash the wash the cow shit and placenta off me, and I jump out. And you know what? We don't have any kids, and it's just us, so. I throw the robe on, and that's it. So, uh, long story short, there's about the last four or five days straight, I've been when I get when I get in from work and I'm just slumming around the house, been just rocking a house coat, a robe, and it's so fucking warm, and it's so comfortable. It's got pockets I can carry the remote control with me. I I can put my phone in the other pocket, maybe some snacks, put some fucking snacks in the pocket there, and and you know. Nine out of ten times, I don't even do it up. So I'm just walking around, fucking just my horn hanging out, and <laughs> just walking around the house and just, just, just swinging, just swinging around there. And I love it. It's great. I'm warm, I'm comfortable, and you can moderate how warm you are and how warm you you want to be by if you do the robe up or not. So uh, yeah. So listen men out there if you think you're above wearing a robe around the house take my word for it fucking try one out because i love it i love my robe it's uh i don't know what kind of material you call it but it's great i love it nothing on but my robe and uh (laughs) couldn't fucking be happier anyways moving on now that you guys all got that fucking that uh, sight drilled into your skull there. <laughs> we'll move on. I want to talk about the Leafs. So, last night, shut the Leaf game off. Well, actually, that's a lie. 
I don't watch Leaf games. To be honest, even though I'm quite involved in hockey in the local community, I don't watch a lot of hockey on TV. Can't stand watching hockey on TV. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but... I would much rather go and just watch a game live. If I'm at a if I'm at a hockey game live, whether it's a junior game, a minor hockey game, an NHL game, a college game, whatever, I'm zoned right in. Uh, I will watch it. But I, for some reason, I can't watch it on TV. So, anyways, check the Leafs score. It was seven two at one point. Then my phone starts blowing up. A couple got a, into a couple group chats there, eh? And my phone starts blowing up in the one group chat. Oh, fuck. They love their Leafs. They love their Leafs. Oh, my God. Each one of them would just stroke Willie Nylander off like you wouldn't believe. That's how much they love the Leafs. So they start complaining. So I checked the score, and it was like 8-7. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? So I scroll back through the messages, and all they can do is they're all just sitting there fucking carving Jack Campbell. One guy in the group chat, all four foot three of them, actually stated in the group chat, fuck the Cox Talks podcast and his predictions. So this meant I was on to something. So I had to do some digging in, eh? So it turns out that the Leafs have been struggling with some goaltending issues. And for you loyal fucking listeners out there, I called it back in October or November that the Leafs were going to have goaltending issues. Now, I also recognize that not long after I made that statement, Jack Campbell did actually, he, he went on a pretty good run there um, while Mrazek was hurt, which I also predicted. But what I said was that the goaltending of the Leafs at that point, I, I still didn't believe it was sustainable, but I did apologize for my words towards the Leafs goaltending because as we know, Leaf fans are the most triggered the most sensitive, the most, the biggest fucking crybabies in the league next to Canuck fans. I don't know which one might be worse. Habs fans are right in there, but I do see, feel that Habs fans have a, do have a little bit of a sense of fucking reality with what's going on, but Leaf fans don't. So I did some digging and Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek have been fucking horrible of late. And a lot of the Leafs' problems are stemming from their goaltending. So, what I want to do is, I want to say this. I want to retract my apology. Because it turns out I was right, okay? And no, I will not take the high road. I will not take the high road and leave it alone, okay? Fuck the Leafs. Fuck Leaf fans. And fuck Jack Campbell. I called it. I was right. Jack Campbell's level of play last season has not been sustainable. And Peter Mrazek is just a, nothing more than a fucking band-aid. So I was right. I was right. Leaf fans, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Your goaltending sucks. Your defense is suspect. And your team is soft and inconsistent. Not a very good recipe for playoff success. You heard it here first. This may be a year. This may be the year that they win a playoff round. But after that, no dice. And if you check the standings as of today, the Leafs would be playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Already in tough against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs, number one. But number two, I don't really like that goaltending battle for the Leafs. Don't like it. Andre Vasilevsky, arguably the best goaltender in the world right now. Up against Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. 
fuck, you might as well put, you might as well bring Ronnie Tugnut out of retirement and throw him in between the pipes there. Maybe see what Corey Schwab's up to. Maybe he can carry it to a first round win. Probably fucking not. So anyways, suck on that Leafs fans. Your goalies still suck. Actually, I guess I should be careful there. My uh, One of my sponsors there, big Leafs fan. Big Leafs fan. Such a Leafs fan, he named his son after Darcy Tucker. Yeah. I mean, okay, Darcy Tucker. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it, but slander on the Leafs too much. My sponsor might pull his, might pull his sponsorship. Ah, well. Moving on. Television shows. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I've, I've actually been kicking around ideas of like just topics regarding television shows from the nineties or whatever. And I just haven't got around to just sitting down and, and figuring out exactly what direction I wanted to go with it. But what I will say is I have checked out the new, uh, TV show called Bel Air. And for those not familiar with it, it is uh, it's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but it's a reboot. So the the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air is like that's my show, right? Everybody has a show out there that they could watch the whole series twenty five times and never get sick of it, laugh at every episode, cry in every episode, whatever whatever it is, whatever the reason you watch it. Well, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I've actually watched that entire series about five times. They did remove it from Netflix, but I believe it's back on Crave now. Um, but yeah, watch, I've watched the whole series. I Almost every episode, I can recite almost the whole episode. It's I love the show, and what I also find is the older I've gotten, the funnier the original Fresh Prince has gotten. Um. Will, Will Smith is a talented, talented, talented man. We all know that. Whether it's as as an actor or as a rapper, uh, very, very talented guy. And and that Fresh Prince of Bel Air, man. I mean, the original. Uh, it was it was very well done. It was very well done. They, uh, it you know, it was a laughable show. You laughed a lot when you watched, but they had some serious topics too. I mean, I know there was one episode where Will and Carlton get pulled over because they're driving a Mercedes through uh, Nevada or something like that, and they get pulled over because they're two black men driving a Mercedes. And you know, there's um, there's the episode that everybody talks about where Will's dad leaves and why don't he want me? Why don't he want me? So on and so forth. Like they made you laugh, they made you cry. Well, um, anyways, the new so the reboot. I believe it's. Um, I believe Will Smith actually does have a hand in producing it, but uh, I checked it out. I got, I got an, I got an Android, an illegal Android box. I think that's what it is uh, from a buddy of mine, and I just happened to notice that that Bel Air. It's called. That, that's what the new show is called. It's called Bel Air, and uh, it, it was on this video on demand. So I started watching it, and uh, I must say, it's pretty good. Um. <clears throat> it's it's definitely a lot more serious um, than the original. It gets in a little bit deeper. Like it it tells a to start the series off. It tells a deeper story of why Will ended up moving to L.A. Of course, and uh, when he gets there, um, rather than you know, rather than just being best friends with Carlton right off the bat uh, in the new in the new series, him and Carlton actually butt heads. Um, they don't, they're not getting along so shit hot like they were in the original. So that was, that was kind of a different spin that I enjoyed. Um, they're still rich as fuck in the show, 
but they take their wealth to like all new heights. And I guess I guess being wealthy in today's world is a lot more different than being wealthy through the mid 90s, I guess. Um just just to what's available nowadays and and maybe how much easier it is to make money. I I, I, I can't speak on that. I'm poor as fuck, so we'll just leave it at that. But they're definitely a lot more fucking rich in this show. And they've given some characters a little bit of a different swing. So Hillary, um, Hillary isn't the dumb, ditzy freeloader that you see in the original. Hillary is a bit of a freeloader, but she's not dumb and, and ditzy. She's, um, she's working on being self-made. And uh, she's, uh, well, I'll let you watch it. I'm trying to spit all this out without ruining too much of it for those that are going to watch it. Um, Ashley is still, you know, 12-year-old little girl. Uncle Phil, still a still a large presence. Not as large of a man in the new show, but still has a large, firm, uh, father-like presence in the show. Aunt Viv uh, is Aunt Viv. Now, if you remember in the original, she was a dancer pretty sexy dancer too i know there's that one episode where she goes and she puts on the one piece leotard and she's taking a dance class and she just hammers it out and pretty 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 good for an old chick for and now that's the original aunt viv too not the new i liked the original aunt viv better than the second aunt viv um aunt viv is an artist she's an artist so a little bit of a different spin there jazz Jazz and Hillary actually get along in the new show, whereas if you remember in the old Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Jazz was all up in Hillary's grill, and she wanted no part of him, and Uncle Phil always used to throw him out of the house, and he was just, he was a bit of a, not a deadbeat, but um, I don't know what you'd call it, you know, he lived in the slums, he was always hustling, uh, he was a hustler, we'll call him a hustler, I guess, well, Jazz is actually very well established in the new show, good character though, um, Big resemblance to Tupac Shakur, actually. And I, I just mean, like, uh, he actually looks a little bit like Tupac Shakur. Um, so that was cool. But I think the biggest twist that they've done is on Jeffrey. And actually, no, that's not true. But they did give Jeffrey a big twist. And I'm going to leave that for you guys to find out. I was quite surprised in episode four, I believe, some stuff comes to light about Jeffrey. And I was quite surprised to see that that's the direction they went with Jeffrey. Um, Lisa. Remember Lisa? Lisa was Will's like girlfriend at the end of the series there that they, you know, they got engaged and then they called the wedding off. But she was hot as fuck, man. Oh my God, she was hot. Well, there is a Lisa in the new episode. She is Carlton's ex-girlfriend, actually. And when Will gets to Bel Air, he actually kind of moves in on her. Blah, blah, blah. But I thought they could have done better for Lisa and then keep in mind like I said I'm comparing her to the original the original she was a stone cold fox and the new one I mean she's a good looking girl but she's she's not quite what the original was so anyway so yeah I checked it out and and usually I I think a lot of the reboots that they do in the tv world these days I think they fall on their face to be honest with you I I don't know of one that's actually been successful and I don't know if this one is going to be successful this is just my opinion which doesn't fucking matter but it's my opinion and I'm entitled to it so fuck everyone else um I think it's I think they're going to have some success with it I really do uh I hope they do the one thing and I got to be careful here the one thing is um who I don't know how to uh 
don't know how to get this across. It's a delicate subject, but it's very black. Um, there, I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of woke in it. I guess is 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 what I feel. There's a lot of woke in it. Um, there's references to Antifa. There's there's some references to BLM in the new series, and I'm neither here nor there on it. I can take it or leave it. Uh, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole, but I do feel like, I guess maybe they need to incorporate those, um, because of, you know, the way, because of the times, but I also feel like they could have just left it alone. Just leave that shit out of it because, and, and not to compare the Cox Talks podcast to a fucking Hollywood produced TV show, but people just don't need to hear about that shit. And then that goes for all the other stuff going on in the world too. Like I try and stay away from that stuff on the podcast as much as possible because nobody wants to hear about it anymore. It's, you've heard it here. You want to shut your fucking brain off. And I feel like when you tune into a TV show, uh, you want to do much of the same thing. So I feel like they could have left that stuff out of it. That's my opinion. Uh, I don't know. That's that's about the only negative thing I've I've found out of the whole series as itself. So I don't know if you're if you're hey. If you're a bit of a fucking couch potato like I can be and you're looking for something new, I don't know where to find it um, on on regular TV. I think it's on maybe, is it HBO or sh- no, Showcase. I think it's Showcase. So if you have Showcase, I'm pretty sure you can check it out there. Uh, yeah, check it out. I'm enjoying it. Um, but like I said, I'm into it so deep because I loved the original series. Couldn't, couldn't get enough of it. And uh, so I wanted to check it out. And I've been pleasantly surprised. Keeping with the TV uh, topic, last night, Saturday night, uh, instead of watching hockey like every other fucking Canadian does, I watched a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, and essentially all it was was, it's it's it, I'm sure lots of you out there have seen it, so it's a documentary basically about how social media, Facebook especially, has basically been able to change the world um uh and (laughs) the the way they track us based on our likes based on uh you know how long we stop to view an image how many times we click on a certain page like maybe a fan page like a like a tommy lee fan page or something like that you click on that page and and then what they can do, so they see that you click on a Tommy Lee fan page, so then they flood your fucking newsfeed with Tommy Lee shit, so on and so forth. Um, pretty interesting and pretty scary shit, to be honest with you. I am a Facebook guy. Uh, what a, I'm, <laughs> I like to troll Facebook. I'm not overly active on it, but I do like to troll on it. I try to keep it to a minimum, uh, you know, and. What I mean by that is I'm on it a lot, but I try to keep my comments to a minimum. I do like to jump in when people are being absolute fucking idiots, though. I love to jump in on people. Uh, I jumped in on one the other day, and we had a hero cookie. So there was a guy, another guy came to Facebook to complain about how they got his coffee order wrong at Tim Hortons. Well, fuck. like, Because making your coffee at home is so fucking difficult if you want it done right. Am I like... Correct? Am I correct there? Yeah, I am. 
So anyways, I jump in on shit like that. I made fun of my buddy the other day because he posted a picture of him 10 years ago. And, you know, my comment was, yeah, 10 years and 40 pounds ago and, and shit like that. I just like to poke people's buttons. It is what it is. Um, I do I do scroll Facebook looking for some content and things like that. Um, and marketplace. I'm a big, big Facebook marketplace guy because you're always looking for shit, whether it's car parts, truck parts, tractors, trucks, trailers, um, whatever. Uh, I do find that Facebook Marketplace has gotten to be a lot better than Kijiji, actually, because there's so many fucking scams on Kijiji. But anyways, back to the point. So basically, um, yeah, Facebook has essentially changed the world. And again, this, this documentary was called The Social Dilemma. But where I wanted to go with this was if you sit down and watch the show, um, it's going to give you a different perspective on Facebook as far as I'm concerned. And... There's lots of people out there that have gone out and deleted Facebook, and that's fine. Whether they were woke, whether they found out that they just didn't need it, uh, whether they found, you know, maybe they watched The Social Dilemma and deleted it. I I don't know. Um, But it's given me second thoughts about about deleting Facebook. The problem I see with it is um, I do like to use it as a tool a little bit. Like I said, I find show topics on there. big marketplace guy you you do tend to find um like announcements on there um i've even found like like uh, advertisements on there for for bursaries or scholarships or whatever that i maybe don't hear about in you know in newspapers or on the radio or whatever i know for a fact there was an agricultural scholarship that i found on facebook from a group that i'm actually a part of that i forgot about the ontario soil and crop association and I had forgot about this scholarship, but it came up on Facebook, so I sent it off to some families that I knew had children that would be eligible for said scholarship. So I do still find ways to use it as a tool. And not to mention, uh, when I first started this podcast, Facebook was my largest platform for it. That's where most people discovered the Cox Talks podcast was on Facebook. So I have a hard time deleting it myself. But I want to know where you where you folks stand. Um and again, with with the way that they, with the way that we can be tracked with our social media, specifically Facebook, you know, they know where we go because the, the the whole check in option, right? Oh, you're at Jack Astor's in Kamloops, BC, and you check in. They know they know you've been there, right? Um, little things like that, the like button. Um, and it and it's funny because on this documentary they also get into uh, suicide and depression rates of preteens or teenagers. And I think in the preteen suicide rate and the I'll call it the rate of depression because I don't know what else to call it has actually both those have actually gone up by more than 150 percent since they installed the like button on Facebook. And what they mean by that is that. If let's say let's say a twelve year old girl puts a picture of herself up on Facebook, and I guess this is this is this falls into Instagram as well, but if she puts a picture of herself up on Facebook, we'll say social media, and she doesn't get a luck enough likes, she thinks she's ugly, and she gets depressed, and you know, either does harm to herself, maybe commits suicide, maybe maybe gets to de- gets depressed. Um, it's, it was a very interesting documentary, and it got me thinking about Facebook, not only for yourself um, and where we stand on it. And I'd lo- and again, as I always say, I'd love to hear feedback on this. I'd, fl- I'd love to hear where, where everybody is on Facebook. 
Um, do you use it? Do you even enjoy it anymore? Maybe you have canceled Facebook. What I'm also curious about, because I don't have any, um, people out there with kids. And what I also what I also do know is that there is kind of a generation drop. So um, I coach hockey, uh, a junior hockey team. And to be honest, any kids that were born in 2001 or or later... So between 2001 and now, hardly any of those kids are on Facebook. But 2001 and earlier, um, there's there's still a strong presence of Facebook there. But and we and again we can say social media. Where are you folks on uh, monitoring the social media of your children? Do they just have free range? You know, do you check in on them? Do you have burner accounts that maybe you can monitor your children as a peer? Um, I, I'm curious about all of it. Like I said, I, after watching this documentary last night, again, called the social dilemma, I am thinking of getting rid of Facebook, but like I said, I still find ways to use it as a tool. So I'm going to have to really sit down and, and think about this. It's, it sounds goofy to me that you have to sit down and think hard about whether you're going to delete social media or not. But I mean, Hey, this is the world we live in. I don't think I'm addicted to Facebook. Um, if I'm addicted to anything, to be honest, it's Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. Twitter has been an absolute dumpster fire lately. But again, as in the in the agriculture world, especially during the summer season, um, it is a major tool for me. If I'm, say, spraying my crops with chemicals to kill weeds and I have a question about how some chemicals are supposed to be mixed because there is a mixing order. You just don't fucking dump everything in at once. I can throw it out on Twitter and within five minutes I can have upwards of 15 to 40 answers. So I do use it as a tool. Also in the winter time, um, you know, if I'm fabricating something or designing something or, or whatever, I can, again, I can throw a question out on Twitter. Hey, has anybody ever built this? Um, this, you know, post a picture. Does anybody, does anybody think this such and such a apparatus needs more support anywhere? Hey, how should I weld this? Things like that. And you can always find an answer. Um, but with the whole Ukraine thing and the COVID and the trucker convoy and our political situation here in Canada, what a fucking dumpster fire Twitter has been. But having said that, I I do still find it rather entertaining. So, no, I'm not addicted to Facebook. I would say I'm addicted to Twitter, if anything. But, fuck, I'm just rambling on here. But, anyways, want to know where you're at with, with social media, Facebook especially, and uh, where you're at monitoring your children. Um, very interested to hear the feedback on this for sure. So, moving on. It's a pretty serious topic. I wish I could have dove into that a little deeper, but to be honest, uh, I'm not educated and articulate enough to withhold all the information I picked up last night. I should have been taking notes is what I was doing, but it's Saturday night. I had a fucking cream soda in my hand and a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos in the other, just wiping my Dorito fingers on my hairy chest. So, yeah, not a lot of, <laughs> not a lot of information fucking retained there. So few more things to hit on here and then I will get on my merry way the hero cookie okay this one is a little old actually it was sent to me a while ago uh, and it was sent to me when if you remember right um, also all this this convoy shit that was going on 
when a group of farmers decided to take their tractors downtown Toronto to Queen's Park, so our, our provincial capital, Queen's Park in Toronto there. Um, did I, I, I didn't necessarily agree with it. I did not participate in it. Having said that, I did venture down to Toronto on the Saturday to see if there were any farmers still kicking around because you know what, to be honest, I just wanted to check it out. I wanted to check out the atmosphere. Like I said, I was neither here nor there on the movement. Um, But you know what? I thought it would be fucking cool to see some tractors parked in downtown Toronto. And I just, I wanted to see it. So I went down and I checked it out. Um, But the hero cookie. So when all that was going on, Dean Blundell. Some of you, if you're from Ontario, you probably know who Dean Blundell is. He was the, and I use the term legendary shock jock loosely. He used to be on 102.1 The Edge. He's been fired from pretty much every radio station he's ever been on. He now has his own podcast. He's quite active on Twitter. Um, I actually had to unfollow him, to be honest with you. Because I did find him entertaining at one point, but then through this whole COVID and the whole vaccine stuff, I just didn't agree with a lot of stuff he was saying. So I, uh, I just, I just unfollowed him. So, anyways, Dean Blundell on Twitter during the the tractor convoy into Toronto, he tweeted out, and I quote: "It's interesting how farmers are protesting inequality, the same ones who exploit migrant workers." I thought they'd be smarter. Not to mention, farmers are the least affected by any of this. They're just delusional racists with farm equipment. Okay, Dean. You're, what a fucking hero you are. First of all, we don't exploit migrant workers, okay? The reason we bring in migrant workers is because they'll do the work that most Canadians are fucking above if you ask them, they're above doing it because they're worth more money. There's no exploitation going on. Farmers would hire Canadian workers, would hire Canadians, if Canadians would come and work on a on a farm. As a farmer, Dean, I kind of know what I'm talking about here, okay? It's no different than, than farmers in western, southwestern Ontario last summer during COVID couldn't get help because... All, everybody was sitting at home on their fucking couch collecting CERB. All right? Because why go out and make honest money when the government can pay me to sit on my fat fucking ass on my couch, go to Tim Hortons once a day for an extra large double-double, and then shit on the kid because he made because they made me a fucking a coffee wrong, even though I could have made one myself, but I'm a fat slob collecting CERB, so I didn't. There's no exploitation of foreign workers going on. They're the only ones that'll come and do the fucking job, Dean. Heaven forbid you go and get your hands dirty. Second, delusional racists. I don't know. I don't I don't understand this at all. Um, is it just because we supported the convoy? That, that is that what makes us racist? I don't know. I don't know any racist farmers. I'm a farmer. I'm not racist. I don't. I don't care if you're black, brown, purple, green, yellow, or fucking sky blue. If you can come and put in an honest day's work, I will pay you for an honest day's work. I will give you the proper respect that you deserve. 
And this is regardless of your skin color, religious beliefs, fucking what soccer team you cheer for. I don't give a fuck. Okay? There's no fucking racism in agriculture. Get it fucking right. Okay? And finally, Dean likes to, likes to point out that farmers were the least affected by any of this. I don't know, Dean, because, you know, there's no supply chain issues. Farms are totally self-sufficient. We don't need parts for machinery. We don't need feed and or drugs for animals so on and so forth yeah we've really been the least affected by this i will admit the biggest problem we've faced through this whole covid as being agriculture is supply chain issues but that doesn't mean we're we're the least affected by it get fucked get a grip come out to the farm and check it out and i'll show you all about it okay don't be upset because albino shock jocks went out of style in 05 all right dean so for your uneducated, fucking stupid comments on Twitter, you can have this week's hero cookie. And finally, to close out the show, our beer profile. Brought to you by Adrian Brown. Adrian, thanks for the submission for this week's beer profile. You sent this to me a while ago and I lost it. I had to get you to send it to me again, but we're going to profile some blue light drinkers. I've read this through several times and i think he nails it i think adrian fucking nails it so if you're a blue light drinker first and foremost you got a good friend named gord and gord i can almost guarantee never wears sleeves he wears shorts or pardon me if he wears shorts definitely cargo shorts but he wears shirts and all the sleeves are cut off his shirts that's, a, that's automatic for a guy named Gord, okay? Uh, if you're a blue light drinker, you still have wood grain wallboard up in the basement. 100%. 100%. You're really good at making concrete pads for stuff if you drink blue light. Big fan of the old Pontiac that you used to have, and you never fucking stop talking about it, all right? I don't know that, like, the, the Pontiac Tempest? Was it Tempest? Was it or like a GTO maybe? The Tempest was like the little four door, like similar to a Cavalier. Uh the four door Cavaliers. This the the two door Cavaliers. Well, I guess they had the Sunfire, but the Tempest I think came before the Sunfire. I had a Sunfire GT, no big deal. Didn't drink blue light though. A lot of ass in that Sunfire GT. Um if you're a blue light drinker. You have a varsity jacket. Some might call it a Letterman jacket with a tow truck company's logo on it. I really like that one. You're walking around in this fucking sweet jacket with leather sleeves and you got it from a tow truck company that you probably worked, you know, you worked a couple of recon shifts for this company and rather than paying you, they're like, what do we owe you? And you're like, <laughs> give me one of them fucking sweet jackets over there, would you? And that's, that's how you got paid for fucking ripping the old tow truck around for a couple weekends there. Definitely has a relative that lives in Wasega Beach. And I don't know. I mean, that's funny, but I don't know if I agree with that because I feel like a lot of people that go to Wasega Beach are from Woodbridge. And if you are from the general Ontario area, you know what I'm talking about. A very high, it's like, it's like uh, Jersey Shore. Woodbridge, Wasega Beach is like Jersey Shore. Okay, Jim Tan Laundry. So I like where your head's at there. But I would have to say that blue light drinkers probably spend a lot of time in like Barrie or um, or Regina 
or Strathmore. A lot of blue light drinkers in Strathmore, Alberta, I bet. Um, <laughs> if you drink blue light, your Facebook profile picture collection consists of definitely a picture of their dog there, probably a Doberman or a German Shepherd, and then eight consecutive pictures that are exactly the same that was taken from their webcam on top of their monitor. 100%. They're trying to figure out, you know, all taken within 22 seconds of each other, for sure. For sure. Um, their face brown, Facebook background picture is a picture of their family sitting around in mismatched lawn chair on some grass outside of a house or up north somewhere, like the cottage or the cabin. And to be honest, this picture, I know exactly what you're talking about, Adrian. There actually isn't a lot of grass there. Like, they, they say they're sitting out on the lawn, but there's hardly any fucking grass growing because it's under... There's too much shade or there's been way too many fucking games of horseshoes played and the grass is all just like beaten down and it fucking died. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. The mismatched lawn chairs. That's good. I like that one. Uh, If you're blue light, if you are a blue light drinker, you definitely put in some time working up in Sudbury. Oh, yeah. If I worked in Sudbury for a bit when I was a kid, fuck yeah. I used to drive rock truck up there in the nickel mines. Yeah, fuck, we get fucked up on Saturday nights, eh? Sudbury Saturday night, just sit around drinking blue light. Oh, fucking great. Fucking awesome up there. Fucking cold, though. I'll tell you what. I remember going out one fucking morning to start the truck with minus 32. Minus 32. So fucking cold. The smoke in the chimney is going straight up in the air. Yeah, fucking Sudbury for you, bud. I'd take my fucking gloves off, like my dart. Fucking hands were so cold by the time I got that prick lit. Fuck. It's brutal. Fucking brutal. Anyways, if you're a blue light drinker, either you yourself or you know somebody 100% that worked at the GM plant in Oshawa. <laughs> a lot of fucking, a lot of GM workers drinking blue light too, I think, down there in the dirty schwa, the dirty, the dirty schwiggity, as we like to call it here, the schwiggity. Um, this, this is a good one. And I think this ties in because I think they were a major sponsor. But if you're a blue light drinker, you have copious amounts of 92-93 Jays World Series memorabilia. 100%. And all that memorabilia is displayed in his or her basement with the wood grain panel walls. And it's got so much fucking dust on it because they've never taken it down and dusted it. You could, you could, I guess... Bubba's, Bubba kegs weren't around in 92, 93, but you could probably go up like, oh, here's one for you. So you get, you used to get those mirrors. It'd be a mirror, right? But in the mirror, on the mirror would be a picture of the 92 or 93 Blue Jays. So you could go up and you could do so much dust on that fucking thing. You could write your name in it with your finger for sure. Blue light drinkers definitely have 10 speeds. Not afraid to fucking ripper down the road over to our buddy's house with the 10 speed you know you just steer with the one arm and you carry your case with the other carry a case fucking rights they do bud uh they know someone that lives in the niagara region now i don't know about this one i mean i'm a big fan of the niagara region i went i spent three years living in welland when i went to school there pretty gritty town it's like like I'd have to say Welland is like the fucking Sudbury of the South. It's a fucking gritty town. But when you get over in, there are some really, really nice parts of the Niagara region. 
I feel like if you get blue light drinker or you are a blue light drinker that has a buddy in the Niagara region, they're living in Thorold, Port Colburn, or Welland. That's my theory. But I do know a lot of OV drinkers in Welland. A lot of OV drinkers in Welland. Finally, if you are a blue light drinker, and I love this one, if you are a blue light drinker, you definitely have a niece named Crystal, Tasha, or Chantel. I'm going to go one step further there. I'm going to throw a Tiffany in. And there's also a solid chance if you're a blue light drinker and you have a niece named Crystal, Tasha, Chantel, or Tiffany, very strong chance they're a hairdresser or a cosmetologist. Is that what they fucking call me? You know, when you walk into shoppers and the broads are there and they're all dolled up and they're trying to sell your old lady makeup. Is that a cosmetologist? I think that's, but yeah. They're either a hairdresser or a cosmetologist. So there's your, your your beer profile for blue light drinkers. I think you fucking nailed it, Adrian. Good job. Good job. Adrian's been a long-time listener. Always gives me lots of feedback on the show, and I love it. And for you listeners out there, I'm not afraid. If, if you want to try and profile a beer, send it in and see if we can get you on air. So... That is it. That is episode 19 of the Cox Talks podcast. Shorter episode this this. I hope I'm keeping you entertained. Uh, like I always say, you know what? If you want to see me change something up, if you want to see me do something different, if you want to tell me to shut the fuck up and quit the podcast, you can tell me that too. But I'm having a, I'm having fun doing it. Um, it's been a blast. There's lots of great stuff left to come. Um, just going to keep trying to plug these out, keep making you guys laugh keep trying to make you forget about all the shitty stuff happening in the world right now that's my goal here on the people's champ of the podcast world the cox talks podcast thanks for listening and don't forget the most important thing tell your fucking friends 